Tonight is our second Sunday evening of our 2016 summer series, and we're happy to have with us tonight Brother Sam Jones as our speaker, and Brother Sam is now serving as a Vice President for Spiritual Development for Freed Harmon University, and there's a whole lot more titles to him I'll forget about <laughs> But anyway, Brother Sam spoke to us in 2013 on our summer series, and he did such a good job. We invited him back for this year, and uh, he will be speaking tonight on thinking better thoughts. Brother Sam. It is a joy on my part to be back with you tonight. I'm honored uh, to be here. I was wondering uh, when was the last time I was here. I was thinking it was about three years ago uh, that I was here, and at that time, uh, my wife was with me, and it wasn't long after that uh, that she passed away, and, and I'm glad to be here tonight, and, and i got a friend who's trying to travel with me to keep me awake, and I'm honored that she's with me tonight as well, but I'm honored to be here tonight, and I trust that what I'm going to say to you from God's Word will encourage you. Before we embark upon the lesson tonight, I have three thoughts I want to share with you as an introduction. The first thought is in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. I hope each of you never forget this. God wants you in heaven. God would have all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. In this Christian journey, don't ever forget that God wants you in heaven. Look at the cross. It's a daily reminder of the magnitude of God's love for us. The second thing, Revelation chapter 12, verse number 9. Satan is coming after you. God wants you in heaven, but Satan doesn't want you in heaven. Satan is angry at God, and he's coming to do everything he can to get your mind off of heaven. Beware. He's coming after you. He tried to stop the birth of Jesus. In Revelation 12, verse 12, he went after the man-child. He couldn't stop the birth of Jesus. So now he's after the woman. That's the church. That's you and that's me. And if he can take away your joy, if he can take away your excitement, and if he can get your mind off of heaven, he's got you. And then the third thing, Paul says, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, in the midst of this journey, be steadfast. Don't quit. I don't care what you're experiencing right now, what you're going to experience in the future. Don't quit. Keep on pressing on. Keep on keeping on. Those are just three general thoughts that the Lord would have any of us gospel preachers to remind those in the kingdom to just be mindful. God wants us in heaven. Satan doesn't. But if we keep on keeping on, we're going to make it to heaven. I'm honored to be here tonight. Thankful for the elders and for the summer series committee for thinking of me, of all the great preachers out there. You invited me. I'm honored and consider it a privilege to be here tonight. The topic that's been assigned is thinking better thoughts. Thinking better thoughts. What a wonderful lesson. Someone once said, watch your thoughts. They become your words. Watch your words. They become your actions. Watch your actions. They become your habit. Watch your habit. They become your character. Watch your character becomes your destiny. 
thoughts are important. And if we're going to make heaven our home, we must be thinking better thoughts. And if you want a better day tomorrow, it starts with better thoughts today. And if you want to make heaven your home, you've got to start thinking better. You've got to start changing the way you're thinking. If you have your copy of God's Word, turn to Philippians chapter 4. I have three points I want to make tonight, and the lesson will be yours. Brother Z has already told me that I could preach the midnight. He said, please, Brother Jones, go ahead and preach the midnight. No, I'm not going to do that. No, he didn't tell me that. He told me, be sure that I quit before 9 o'clock. That's the only thing he said. But Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. At the time, Paul penned this beautiful epistle. He's incarcerated, you know that. And while he's incarcerated, he's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about those saints back in Philippi. And he's thinking about God wants them in heaven. All of us as Christians, we go through our ups and downs. If you haven't been through your trial and tribulation, you just keep on living. Yours coming. Yours coming. And those are attempts of Satan to get our mind off of heaven. And so while Paul's incarcerated, he thinks about those saints in Philippi who are going through some things. And he writes this beautiful epistle. In chapter 4, he gives them five exhortations. And our theme tonight, our subject tonight, is one of those. Look in Philippians chapter 4, look at verse 4. Here's the first exhortation in that final chapter. He says, in this Christian journey, learn to rejoice regardless of the situation." I don't know what you're going through right now, but you ought to be happy. You ought to be happy because you're a child of God. And that's what he's saying. I don't, I don't know what you're going through, but don't let Satan take away your joy. Don't let Satan take away your happiness. Don't let Satan, he's going to try to take it away. You see, when my wife was told she had three months to live, that was Satan's attempt to take away my joy. But I'm not going to allow him to take away my joy. And that's what he's telling these saints. Don't let Satan take away your joy. Look at verse number five. He said, let your meekness be known to all men. Learn to be kind. Learn to be considerate. Be an easy person to get along with. We ought to be the kind of people that, that anybody gets along with us. And it's not when people see us that, oh, here comes Sam Jones. No, that ought not to be the case. It ought to be, man, here comes a man who's happy. Here's a man who's a child of God and he knows it just enjoy things around him because he lifts your spirit. He said, that's the way we ought to be. We ought to lift the spirit of people. Let your kindness, let your gentleness, let your ability to get along with other people be known throughout McMinnville, Tennessee. Then look at the third thing, verse 6. Be worry-free. How many people are consumed with all kind of medication because they're just stressed out? Christians ought not to be that way. Christians ought to be the most stress-free people in the world. Amen? Amen? I mean, we ought to be. Why? Because he says the reason why in that verse there. Because we have a God that we can talk to. That we can tell our problems to. Not only can we talk to him, we serve a God who is powerful enough he can change our situation in life. We serve a God who is able to do beyond our ability to comprehend. That's why he says, don't be filled with anxiety, Sam. Don't worry. God is in control. You just tell your father what you're going through and you leave those burdens there if you're going to make it to heaven. Then look at the fourth thing. 
Verse 7, and let the peace of God, let the peace of God be with you. Why is that so important? Why is the peace of God so important? What is he talking about? You know what keeps me going? The peace of God. You know what he's implying in that? Is that God loved you so much, Sammy, he let his son die for you. Why are you worried about anything? The peace of God ought to sustain you. God loves you so much that he didn't let an angel die. He didn't ask somebody else to die. He let his most precious, precious child go on the cross. And if you don't think God loves you, any parent in here, if your child was a crown and say, Mama, Daddy, you'll be at that child beckoning, pleading. But God heard from the windows of heaven his son shout out, Father, Father, why'd you turn your back on me, Father? Why won't you look on me, Father? Father, don't do this to me. Jesus allowed himself to become contaminated. God allowed his son to become contaminated with Sam's sins. And he says, it's Sam. This doesn't show Sam of my magnitude, of my love for him. Nothing will. If this doesn't motivate Sam that when he's having a down day to get up, that I'm going to be with him, nothing will. Let the peace of God dwell in your heart. And it'll keep you. It'll motivate you. But when you stop thinking about the peace of God, the magnitude of God's love for you, you're getting a pity power. Oh, me. Oh, me. And so he tells these saints, Think about the peace of God. And then verse 8, our lesson for the night. He says the fifth thing you need to do is think better thoughts. Think better thoughts. Think better thoughts. Thoughts determine action. Action eventually becomes character. Character Determine destiny. So, three points. The first point is that I wanted to explain the text of Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. The second point is I want to tell you why. I want to share with you a few theoretical reasons why we need to think better thoughts. And then I want to conclude the lesson with the third point is, is going back to tell you how. How from a practical perspective, that we as Christians, in addition to what he said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, how can we in this journey think better thoughts? So in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, what is he saying? Think better thoughts over and over. Ruminate. Ruminate is a term that we refer to animals that chew their food like a cow, it goes down the digestive system and they regurgitate it and chew it again and again and again and again. And that's what the term think means here, is to ruminate, to think over and over and over and over and then soup more about six things. If you want to make it to heaven, in addition to those four things he just mentioned in four, five, six, and seven, he says the fifth thing you got to do, Sammy, I want you in heaven, Sammy, is that you've got to think every day better thoughts. And better thoughts starts with these six things. Look at number one. 
Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Think true thoughts. Whatever things are true. What are you talking about there? Factual things. Things that are proven to be true. What factual things? God is the creator of this universe. That's a factual thought. God said it. God can't lie, Titus 1, verse 2. And so whatever God says is true. And God said, let there be light. I didn't come from a monkey. You didn't come from a monkey. We didn't come from a great bank. We came from God himself. God took nothing and made us. Amen? And he says, we need to think about the God we serve. Think about God. Oh, I'm not worried about anything that's going on in America and throughout the world because my God is in control of this universe. Amen? And that ought to bring peace. We ought not to be stressed out. Think about God. Think about Jesus. That's what we need to think about over and over. Oh, how can he love me so much? Oh, how can he love me so much? The agony of that cross when that garden, oh, Father. Oh, Father, is there any other way we can save Sam? Father, I, I don't want to go through this, but there's any other way we can save Sam? Three times he pleaded that, but he says, let not my will. Let's do it for him. I'm willing to do that. For you and for me. Oh, I think about Jesus. Oh, what wondrous love. Oh, what amazing love. That ought to make you feel good. That ought to make you want. And when sin comes your way, I can't go there. God loves me too much. Jesus loves That's what I need to think about. I need to regurgitate it and over and over and over. Think about it. It's going to make me a better person. Think about what the Holy Spirit has done. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. The job of the Holy Spirit was to guide the apostles and the writers into what? All the truth. The wonderful thing tonight is I hold before you not part of the truth, all the truth. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God tonight we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt God's will that we can make it to heaven. We don't have to go through life saying, I wonder if I'm going to make it to heaven. I, I, I hope we can go through life with assurance. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. The Bible says, these things have I written unto you, Sammy, that you might have hope, that you might know, rather, that you have eternal life. The Bible is written that we might know that we have eternal life. We don't have to go through life guessing. We have an awesome God. We have a powerful God that has given us through inspiration everything we need to know in order to make it to heaven. So he says, think about truth. Second thing he says, think about things that are noble. Think about things that are worthy of respect. Think about ways you can help other people. Think about, don't think about yourself. Think about how you can have such a great reputation in this city of serving and helping other people. Think of noble thoughts. What will make you, when people have a need, think they'll think of you? Think of that. Ways to serve others. The second greatest commandment in the world is to love others like you love yourself. But how do you do that? You think of ways to serve others. How much time do you think about serving others? You see, that's how we stop thinking about self. We're dead to self, Matthew 16, verse 24. We ought to be alive and consumed with thoughts. How can I help my brothers and sisters? Maybe there's someone in this congregation that has fallen away. There it goes. There's an opportunity to call them up tonight. Call them up. Maybe there's someone who has offended you. Call them up tonight and say, I love you. 
Maybe there's someone that just needs an encouragement. You know that they're a member of the church and they're going through something. The night ought not to darken without us maybe sending a note. Sending a note and you don't know maybe five years now somebody will say, it's because of that note you sent me five years ago. is a reason I'm still in the church tonight. You just don't know how much that note meant to me. I was going through something, but you thought about me. Think of noble thoughts. Then he says, think of what is just. The right thing to do. Not how to get over on somebody. Think of the right thing to do, even if it's pain. Do the right thing. Think about every day. Am I what's right? Don't think about ways to get around. Christians don't think that way. Christians think about this is what God wants me to do. In Micah chapter 6 and verse number 8, the prophet Micah raised the question. So what does God require of those that will serve him? To what? Love justice. Love to be righteous. Mercy. And be filled with humility. That's what Christianity is about. It's about wanting to do the right thing at all times. And you think about, how can I live better? How can I live better? How can I live better? It's not, well, how can I just live good on Sunday? How can I live better? How can I live better? You see, that's when you think about that. You think about it over and over and over. Then the fourth thing he says, think pure thoughts. Innocent thoughts. When I think of innocent thoughts, I think about a child. A child is four years old. Her thoughts, his thoughts, they're just so innocent. And that's the way how we need to keep our thoughts innocent. Keep them free from corruption. Keep it free from anything that malice. Anything that's unchristlike. Think pure thoughts. Think innocent thoughts. We ought not to be people of this world. The world thinks about how to get over. But Christians, because God wants us in heaven, Satan doesn't want us in heaven, we're going to keep on keeping on in the midst of everything we're going through. And how are we going to make it? We're going to think pure thoughts. Satan, you're not going to get me. I'm going to think pure thoughts. Number five. Whatever is lovely. What do you mean there? What's ever lovely? Whatever is pleasing to God. Think about things that will be pleasing to God, that will make you more attractive to God. That make you more attractive. Ladies, you know about that when you think when you, some of us go back when you were first started dating, you try to make yourself attractive to that guy. And guys, some of you, when you had hair, you try to make yourself attractive. To, you know, we'll, leave, we'll leave that alone. But the point is here. How can we make ourselves attracted to God? Think lovely thoughts. Think thoughts that that is attracted to God. And when and we if God is attracted to us, then we're in good hands. Amen. And that's what he's saying there. Then number six. Whatever is a good report. Don't be a carrier of gossip. Don't be a carrier of complaining and murmuring, but be a carrier of good news about someone. Lift someone's spirit. Hebrews 10 and verse 24, we quote verse 25 about we ought not to forsake the assembly, but so much the more as we see the day coming, we need to stir one another up for good works. That's what he's talking about when we think good, a big good report. We are thinking of ways to encourage one another. Now he says in verse, the latter part of verse number 8, if, now he changed the structure of the sentence, 
if there be any virtue, if there's any other thing that I have omitted that you can think of, is there any other character, is there any other excellent quality that you can think of that would help you to be what God, think on it also. He wasn't trying to come up with an exhaustive list. He just mentioned those six things, and he says, if you can think of anything else, Sandy, if you can think of anything else that would have you to become what I want you to be, think of it. If you can think of anything that's praiseworthy, if you can think of anything that's going to please God, to help you to live so that Satan doesn't get you, think on that, meditate, ruminate, think on it over and over and over my question for you is how often do you spend what time, how much time do you spend a day thinking about good thoughts? You see, I hope you don't watch television too much because television doesn't promote that. It tries to get you to think negative about everybody and everything. Christians ought not to be that. We ought not to allow the media to influence us. We ought to allow something greater than the media to influence us. In the midst of a world that is corrupt and in the midst of a world that it seems like sometimes they don't even have a concept of who God is, we know the greatest book is right here. And we need to spend as much time as we can to getting to know the author of this book. And so Paul says rejoice. Paul says let your kindness be known. Paul says don't worry. Paul says let the peace of God rule in your heart. Then he says, think on good things. Think better thoughts. Now let's go to objective number two. Why is this so important? Why is it so important that we spend time over and over and over thinking good thoughts? Three reasons why. First, we'll go to Matthew 5, verse 8. It qualifies you to see God. Qualifies. Every one of us perhaps are qualified for something. But if you want to be qualified to go to heaven, you've got to spend some time thinking good thoughts. You can disqualify yourself from going to heaven by the thoughts you think. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those who just think pure thoughts over and over and over. True things, pure things, factual things, lovely things. They're going to see God. Don't you want to see God? Don't you want to be in God's presence? Spend the rest of the day at the bar thinking better thoughts. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. Oh, it's great to be alive and be a Christian. I'm going to go to sleep tomorrow. Thank you, God, for the blessings of this day. Wake up the next day. Great to be alive. Great to be a Christian. And people are going to wonder, what's wrong with Sammy? He's changed. He's not the grouch he used to be. He's not behaving. You know Why? Word of God is changing. Word of God is changing. And when you start changing, it's going to change your destiny. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12, look at verse 14. He says, pursue something. Pursue means to go after it. Pursue, go after it. Pursue what? Peace. Pursue what? Holiness. For without this, you cannot see God. Without holiness, without pure thinking, without good thinking, without good thoughts, you won't make it to heaven. But I've been baptized. It takes more than just being baptized to go to heaven. But I go to church on Sunday. It takes more than just going to church on Sunday. 
He says, if you want to make it to heaven, you've got to think pure thoughts. And that's why Paul says, over and over. It's not enough, don't be stressed out. It's not enough to be filled with joy. It's not enough to think about the peace of God. You've got to think good thoughts. Second reason, turn to Romans chapter 8, verse number 29. Before the world was ever formed, before God said, let there be man, God had a plan. And in verse number 29, he tells us part of that plan was that everyone who becomes a child of God will conform to the image of Christ. Let me go over that again. Before the world was ever formed, God's plan was that those, verse number 30, those who obey the gospel of Christ will be conformed or transformed into the image of Christ. That they will become like Christ. I'm dead to Sam and I'm alive to God. And after a process of time, Sam ought to be transformed. And people, when they see me, they see a little Jesus in a symbolic way. They see a little Jesus because my image has changed. They don't see, they see something different. That's what God's will is, that we be people, not to just say, I'm a Christian. No, your character has changed. Your image has changed. How do you do that? Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? Renewing the mind, the way you think. So why think good thoughts so we can be transformed into the image of Christ? That's why we got to spend time thinking. So we can become like Christ. You're going to become like what you spend your time thinking about. Let that think in, sink in for just a moment. You're going to become what you spend the most of your time thinking about. Let it sink in. You will become what you think. If you want to become like Christ, spend your time thinking about Christ. You want to become a better Christian, spend your time thinking about what it means to be a better Christian. And that's why he says, think better thoughts. Yes, Sammy, don't be stressed out. Yes, Sammy, think about the peace of God. Yes, Sammy, don't let your kindness be known. But Sam, think better thoughts. God wants you in heaven, Sam. Satan doesn't want you in heaven. But if you're going to make it, you've got to think better thoughts. And then the third reason. Turn to Matthew chapter 15, look at verse 11. It's because your thoughts affect your behavior. Your thoughts affect your behavior. The Pharisees were upset with Jesus. His disciples, when they went through the cities, they would eat. And they would eat with unwashed hands. God forbid. Man, these men were eating with what? They didn't wash their hands? What's gross than seeing a man who goes fishing? And get the baits, and then he takes out his crackers and eating them. That's How many of you have ever been fishing, and you know, hey, you don't sit there and try to, you eat. And you say, God bless this. And you just keep on. But the Pharisees were having a fit that Jesus' disciples eating with unwashed hands. Jesus says in verse 11, people, get real. It's not that which goes into the mouth. And down the stomach that defiles a man is what goes into the heart. That defiles a man. Here you are spending more time trying to protect what goes into the belly, and the belly does not affect your behavior. 
spend some time being concerned about what goes into your mind. And then you achieve what God wants you to achieve. Let me show you the power of that. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 19. We'll go to my third and last point. In 1 Kings chapter 18, you know the story about Elijah. 450 bells prophet. Elijah withstood, defeated 450 of Baal's prophets. Man should have been on cloud nine, and he was. With God's help, look what he was able to do. But then look at 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1. Jezebel wrote a note and sent it to Elijah. Just what you did to my prophets yesterday, before the sun goes down today, I'm going to do to you. And Elijah heard about it. You know what this man did? Took off the run. Look at verse 4. Verse 4, he found himself sitting under a tree, a broom tree, saying, Oh, God, I wished I was dead. Oh, God, why do you save me? God, oh, you see the power of thoughts? Here's a man who had been defeated. And that's what Satan wants you to do to you. He wants you to think God doesn't love you and you'll become just like Elijah. He wants you to think nobody loves you down in the congregation here. The elders don't love you. They don't appreciate you. And when you start thinking like that, oh, Lord, nobody loves nobody. Look at verse, I believe it's verse 14. God, I'm all alone. Everybody's gone and abandoned you. I'm the only one down here in that men, but are still trying to serve you. Nobody else. God is all, I'm all by myself. You see, that's what Satan would do with you if you don't think better thoughts. If you don't think better thoughts, that's what he'll do with your marriage. Young people, that's what he'll do with you towards your parents. And parents, that's what he'll cause you to think about your children. And members, that's what he calls you to think about the preaching elders here. That's power in thinking. Think better thoughts. Now look at verse 18 of 1 King 19. God has to come in and intervene and says, Elijah, let me tell you something. You're not alone. I've got 7,000 that haven't bowed down to God. Think better thoughts. Let's go to the third point. In addition to thinking better thoughts, what else can we do to help us to think better thoughts than thinking about those six things? Let me mention a few things in the lesson to be yours. The first, go to Proverbs chapter 4, look at verse 23. Protect, defend, fight for your mind. P protect your heart. Protect your mind. That's what he says. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it come the issue of life. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Guard your heart. Be careful what you let go into your mind, young people. I know you think that you can control. Be careful. I love America when she was innocent. Oh, I love America when it was innocent. When you can watch television, and it was clean. You can listen to television and listen to music, and it was clean. But now there's nothing left to the imagination. I loved it when we were a clean nation. But we have become a filthy nation. Jeremiah chapter 6, Jeremiah says they have committed abomination. Back during his day and time, he said, Sammy, back during my day and time, God's people, they committed such heinous sins and they didn't even blush. In other words, people did stuff that, that even the heathens didn't do. And you know what? The Christian, God's people what, didn't even blush. It's no big deal. And that's what America's become, the God-fearing people. 
We don't blush anymore. And a nation that doesn't blush is a nation that's in trouble. And we're a nation in trouble because we don't blush. Nothing embarrasses us. Nothing is a big deal. Sin is a big deal. And God doesn't want us to get to a point that when we see sin or we engage in sin and it doesn't bother us. It ought to bother us. God, help me to do better. God, I need to do better. That's what God wants. And when we get to the point where we can sin and it doesn't bother us, then we have become just like Israel, a nation that doesn't blush. But he says, protect your heart. Fight for it, Sammy. Just like you would fight for your children. Fight for your mind. Satan is coming after you, Sammy. He wants your mind. Fight. Fight, Satan. Don't just say, well, everybody else is doing it. No, fight. I don't want to think impure thoughts. I want to think good thoughts. I want to think good about my brothers. I want to think good about the elders. I want to fight. But you know what? We're giving in. And we're even letting our children, we're letting our children, we're giving in what everybody else is doing. Everybody else is going to watch that, that already move out. Just let, out, let them go. No. Fight for your children. Fight for your children. That's what he's saying. Second thing, turn to Proverbs, I mean Psalms chapter 119. Look at verse 97. Psalms 119, verse 97. Love the word of God. How much time do you spend a day Reading the word of God? Don't answer that. God knows. If you want to think pure thoughts, how much time do you spend reading this book? Of the sermons you hear us preachers preach, you may remember 30 seconds of it. And that's a good, and that's pretty high, 30 seconds. At the most, 30 seconds. But when you read, it's amazing that you can retain up to 40% of what you read in one setting. But only less than 10% in one setting in a sermon. If you, this all you're getting is what you hear in a preaching in a Bible class and in a sermon, you're not getting it. That's why David said, oh, I love thy law. And I meditate on it. I love your law, God. I love the word. When you love something, you spend time with it. Amen? Do you love the Word? That's how. You fill your heart with the Word of God. That's how you're going to think better thoughts. Third thing, I just mentioned it. Meditate. Regurgitate. And chew it over. And chew it over. And chew it over. As the psalmist said in Psalms 1, verse 2, I delight in the law of God, and I meditate upon the law of God day and night. Over and over and over. And then, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Look at verse number 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Here's the fourth thing that you can do. And that is manage what you think. It's not enough to protect, defend, but you got to manage. Manage what you let go. You know, we can't help certain things. We're at the workplace and people use profanity. But we can manage, we, when we see certain individuals come around, we just tell, I would appreciate if you would respect me. I don't like to hear language and dirty jokes like that. Just, I just appreciate it. When I go get a haircut, they know I'm a preacher. And then when I step in, they say, it's come, Mr. Jones, Brother Jones, be careful what you say. 
I appreciate that. I appreciate them saying, he, we've got a man and the audience in the, in, in the chair waiting. Let's be careful how we talk and what we say. Stand for something. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Paul says, every day we live, paraphrasing, we, bring, we need to bring into control captivity, he said, to King James. Every thought that will exalt itself against God. When we start wanting to think things we ought not think, I can't go there. God, help me. Help me think the thoughts. I can't go there. Bring it into captivity. Learn to manage. Learn to regulate. Learn to control what you think. Because if you don't, your mind can go wild. Then conclude, final thing you can do. Turn to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let the mind of Christ be in you. What's the mind of Christ that was, you see in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5? Serving others. If you want to become a better Christian, how much time, we started with this, and I want to end with it. How much time do you spend thinking about serving others? That's how you become a better person. There's someone in this congregation that needs your encouragement. There's someone here that's not here tonight that's at home, and you know it. And they're going through something and they need just a call from you. A card from you. That's better thinking. How can I help sister so-and-so? How can I help brother so-and-so? There's a couple that's going through some marital problems. And you know, maybe the elders don't even know about it, but you know about What can you do? What can you do? There's someone who just found out Someone in the family has cancer. They're grieving. And they're worried. Sometimes you don't have to say anything. Just go over and give a hug. That's how you think better thoughts. And we do this over, and we do it over, and over again. Watch your thoughts. They become your words. Watch your words. They become your action. Watch your action. They become your habits. Watch your habits. They become your character. Watch your character. It becomes your destiny. It all starts with our thoughts. If you're here tonight, we can pray for you that you can think better thoughts that you can learn to regulate your way of thinking, that you are going to think more about And you need help. Brother Jones, I need help. I'm going. God, he's waiting to help you. He wants to save you. There's not a God down here. You can't see him. That, that um, He's just sitting up here waiting. Come on. I got something for you. No. God's down here saying, I understand, brother. I understand, sister. That's okay. You're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. That's why we give you grace and mercy. I'm just thankful that you looked at your heart and you see you need to do better. We can do this. We can make it, Sam. And you're not by yourself. God is pulling for you tonight. And I don't know who you are, but somebody needs to come. Somebody needs to say, I, I can do better. I can feel better, Christian. I can think better thoughts. God maybe sent me here tonight for you. But what are you going to do? Burn God's invitation. Knowing you need to make a change. God loves you. And my inadequacy as a preacher and a presenter of God's word, 
I haven't conveyed to you the full magnitude of God's love for you. God loves you. God wants a relationship with you. But he needs you to think better thoughts. He needs you to think better thoughts. If you're here tonight, you haven't obeyed the gospel. Oh, the gospel is God's power to save. The gospel consists of three things, the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus died. He was buried early one Sunday morning. He came forth from the grave and said, All power has been given unto me. Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes in is baptized. He that dies to sin and are buried in the water of a grave of baptism, not might be, and they remain faithful unto death, that person will be saved. Not because they earn salvation, but because they have complied with my standards. That qualifies them. You see the word qualified? Colossians 2, verse 12. When we obey the gospel of Christ, we qualify ourselves to go to heaven. You know what makes us able to go? Because none of us deserve to go. It's God's grace and mercy. God requires us to be here to go to heaven. We're going to come up right here. What's going to make up the difference? God's grace and mercy. That's what's going to make up the difference. Because in the day of judgment, none of us deserve to go to heaven. But God's grace qualifies us to go. Isn't that wonderful? If you're here tonight, you need to come. Why don't you come? Let's get together, stand and sing.